Welcome back to the Gentleman's Dojo. Oh, Stephen, you and I are flying solo today. Our third seat is unmanned this afternoon. Patrick Keene. Patrick Keene. Locked out of his girlfriend's house in Texas right now, boiling. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he is in Texas right now with his girlfriend who we just met. We couldn't be happier for him. Yeah. He's a good dude. Is this the A-team? Yeah. Is it? I love this. Yeah. If I played Golden Girls, you'd know that right away. I would know that immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you don't think that the Golden Girls still holds up years later? That show does, actually. It yeah. does. Absolutely. Of the four Golden Girls, did you realize that Estelle Getty, who played the, the oldest, oldest Golden yes, Girl, know, was the yeah. youngest one? Who, yeah. would you, who would you bang of the four Golden Girls? You had to pick one. The, the slutty one. Blanche. Yeah. Yeah, Rue McClanahan. Yeah, she's throwing out a, a very sexual vibe. She are needed they, it. Are they all dead? I don't know. No. No. I don't know. It's always one of those things. Yeah. I'm surprised they never made a Golden Girls movie. <laughs> they made chips, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well you, you any, can't replace those four. Any Who thoughts you... on a Sullivan and Son movie? Gary? I figure the Chips movie died, so why not have a oh, movie boy. that corresponds to Ew, the ratings boy. of the TV show? Here we go. How are you? Do you still see Aunt Joe? Remember she tried to rip off the money from the bar and you went to that airport and You seem to know more her. about the show than anybody else. I do. Yeah, Hold yeah, on. yeah. Um, well, we're excited today, Stephen. We're back for another episode. Do you want to introduce our guest for today? Uh, yeah, I'll introduce yeah, our guest. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. A guy that I love. Yeah, love this that's guy. not what you said before we started recording. Well, that is true. When I sent you the email, you're like, really? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Can we get your dad back on? <laughs> <laughs> today, we are very fortunate to have joining us yes. in the dojo uh, from Maryland. Yep. Great comic, but people know him now for creating this amazing show that, that ran here for years in Hollywood. For like a year or two in Hollywood. Blowing up. And now it's on Comedy Central. It's his own show, The Goddamn Comedy Jam. Josh Adam Myers, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. What's up, guys? You don't, How you doing, buddy? You don't find too many comics good, from Maryland. Not too many comics from no, Maryland? No, no, no. No, that seems like a, an oddball kind of city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, it's a state. Okay, uh, all right. All right. Well, <laughs> so we need to wrap it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are officially out of time. Josh, we were Not saying yet. before you joined us, which of yeah. the Golden Girls would you have banged had you had the opportunity? Rue McClanahan, without there you a go. doubt. Yeah, that's, that's, there you go. that's, that's the what, go-to. That's what Steve Rue, said, too. Rue was the one that probably was the most sexually active, even though they all were except for the, uh, the Estelle Getty character. Like, all of them were getting laid, but Rue was, like, just throwing it out there. I've thought about this. That's so funny that I had no idea what you were talking about <laughs> without a oh, without we're, doubt. We're always like, trying to keep it current. Rue. B. Arthur, I, I would do B. Arthur for the challenge. Yeah. That'd be like banging a white WNBA player because she was enormous, right? <laughs> very tall. She's yeah. a big. She's a big woman. Yeah. Very tall. Listen, <laughs> this isn't the time to talk about shitty television shows. If we were going to do that, we could talk about Sullivan and Son. Okay. Let's talk oh. about you, Josh. First of sure. all, how are things? How are things with you? Seems like comedy is going very, very well for you. Thank you. It's been a good. It's been a good couple of years, man. The show is just. Took off, and with the TV show, uh, the touring just went through the roof, so we've just been on the road most weekends playing festivals. Uh, we just got back from Big J Okerson's Skank Fest, 
which might have been one of the funnest shows I've ever done in my life. It was it was literally like the Oz Fest of stand-up comedy festivals. Where was that at? Tell us about it. It, it was in Long Island City. Uh, well, Big J has the, the podcast Legion of Skanks with Dave Smith and Louis J. Gomez, and along with Christine Evans, uh, the producer of Bonfire for J, and, um, and then Rebecca Trent from The Creek in the Cave. They put together this festival. I guess it was their second year. And literally, like, I've played festivals all over the world now, and I've never been to one that was that crazy. I mean, it was, you could just, your stand-up sets, you could open with the dirtiest humor. Like, right off the jump, you could just go go blue, and nobody would care. And the show literally was a riot. I mean, we had a mosh pit, like a wall of death mosh pit during Big J. Oakerson's song. And uh, I think three people died. It was great. <laughs> and he's saying air supply. Is that correct? <laughs> he actually, I want a lot of love. love is my foreigner. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy yeah. because Josh, do you look at your your comedy career and you look at it like you, you were you were working, you were getting sets, you were doing what you wanted to do, but you really kind of catapulted to that next level when you developed your show. Sure. I mean, listen, I. I, I, I moved out, so it's actually coming up on my 10-year anniversary here in L.A. and nine years of doing stand-up. And, and I did it the, the way that you're supposed to do it or the way that everybody says you're supposed to do it, which is just go up every night, do spots, sure. get, get new, you know, aim to get new faces at Just for Laughs. Repeat that once career... again for Gary, please. Repeat that one more time for Gary, how it okay, works. Okay, Gary, here's yeah, please do. Write a joke. Write a joke. Thank you. I'm thinking about moving back to Maryland. And I'm not even from <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but it, I think it was, it was, I tried to do it the basic way. I got some breaks. Like I got new faces in Montreal with a bunch of great people in 2013. And I was like, well, this is how it's going to go now. Now everything is going to open up and change. And it actually was a complete opposite where everybody else started blowing up. And I started to go back to work at a day job and just play, you know, rooms out in, you know, in these in these shitty areas of Los and not Los Angeles, but just everywhere. And and I and I kind of got to a point and I feel like when you when you hit a sort of a bottom where you hit a point where it's like, I don't know what to do anymore. So forget everything I was doing and I've got to just do something because I love it. And so the show was just something I had been developing for years and I thought it would be fun to do. And I was like, well, so while I do these shitty rooms and work on my stand up act, the show will at least be something that once a month I'll have a good time doing. And it, and I never expected it to get to where it is. I mean, even when people were like, dude, you know what's happening? I was like, nah, I don't want to even think about it. I'm just enjoying it. And that's kind of the attitude I've kept ever since, which is just, just ride the waves. Like if we get another season of Comedy Central, great. If not, it's cool enough that I got it. And I wasn't expecting any of that shit. So, but Josh, let's it, back up for a second because I'm wondering. You do the Just for Laughs festival in 2013, right? Yeah. And why do you think it doesn't go as well for you as it does for other people? Because obviously, it's such a great springboard. We had Jeff Singer on our show a couple weeks ago talking about the festival. Why didn't it go as well for you? What happened? Well, I I think well, first of all, I'm not saying I'm not saying it didn't springboard me. Like it just happened a lot slower. Like because of JFL, they uh, Robbie the because this is where it all the jam kind of like went went to another level. Was Robbie Traw and Jeff were like really big fans of mine, and Robbie on his last year of being at the festival, 
he was just, he called me and he's like, dude, I, you're one of my favorite showcases we've had. I love you. I'm wondering what's going on. And he's like, but I've been hearing about this show. Tell me about it. And I was like, all right. When I explained the show and he was like, dude, he goes, I don't even need to see it. He goes, can you do, can you do six shows out here? And I was like, yeah. And he was basically like, I want to help change your career. He's like, I'm going to change your life right now. And that's what he did. So because of JFL, I met Robbie. So it's all, it's one of those things that like, sometimes it's immediate for some people. And then other times it takes a couple of years. You know what I mean? But I think, I think when you were commenting about, about, you know, with me and maybe why it didn't hit, it's like, cause I went up there and I did stand up and I did like musical stuff and I did some edgy stuff all in this one set. And I just don't know if, I think people kind of looked at me and they were like, we just don't know what to do with them. You know, it's like he can do this and do this, but it's like, where do we put him? I'm just a, I don't know, I'm just a mishmash of of talents, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Well, what 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 makes a great performer on your show? Because there are some great stand ups out there, and then there are stand ups that come and do the set, and I'm sure that some of the fireworks fizzle once they get to the song. Uh, just give me, you know, three ringers and what makes them great in terms of not only their stand-up, but the, the total package in terms of being a goddamn comedy jam all-star. Well, first and foremost, they have to be half Irish, half Asian, <laughs> and, and be swinging from the nuts of Noel and Liam Gallagher. Speaking, yes, of, which, I ju- speaking of which, I just watched that documentary. Supersonic. And I to text you. Oh, I just wanted to text you immediately. It leaves off. It leaves out all the good stuff. Yeah, all the crazy. The sh- me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, look, if you're a hardcore fan, I think it it services the need to like. It was just an amazing that they accomplished all that within three years. It's nuts. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm a, after that. I'm I'm, I'm nonstop blasted standing on the shoulders of giants. Oh yeah. It's like it's all a blast listening to. All right, back to your question. The, the the things that well, so you're asking me what are the best traits or of the people the top performances we've had or yeah what makes people? like a what makes an all star at the goddamn comedy gym because I'm I'm sure there are a ton of great standups out there that have wanted to do your show but they don't have that extra push or that 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 sparkle or pizzazz that you need sure. when you're doing the song portion. Steve's not making eye contact with me right now. Exactly, he, yeah. He knows I've submitted. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think like, first of all, I, there's only really one thing that you need, and I think that's just the commitment to what you're doing. You know, if, if like, nobody is taking this too seriously, it, it's totally just for fun. And I think even if you can sing or not, like, it helps if you can actually sing, but the, the key is just, just go all out and just, smile your way through it and give off energy it's like that's the one thing i say to the audience where i'm like listen guys i say to the audience i'm like this is your show as much as it's the comics like the amount of energy that you give off to them they're going to give back a million percent so you know it's someone like i still think like in my day the best performance we've ever had was owen smith and owen did owen was so nervous he couldn't he couldn't sing at all he chose BBD Poison. Oh wow! <laughs> and he had he had Tiffany Haddish and Vanessa Gradic as backup dancers for it. He choreographed this whole thing and just committed so hard. And it was just it opened the show, and it's still to this day like top three performances we've ever seen. Oh wow! So I think that's it. I think it's literally just have fun, and I, it doesn't make a difference. You could be like Mateo Lane and be able to like kill a song. 
you know, or like a Whitney Houston song or, or even you, Steve, which is like, you know, you, you're doing Mr. Brightside. I mean, you rock it, but it's not you singing it that kills it. It's Horrible. just, you get into it. You get, <laughs> no, I mean, I know. I mean, you get into it. And yeah. that's the key. The key is just, just give yourself over to it. And then the crowd will fucking be so receptive to it. Are there comics that have to do it again or maybe you can't show it? It doesn't go as well as you had hoped it would? What, on the TV taping yeah. or on... I mean, I think at I that mean, point you would know. But, but yeah, I mean, is there times where, hey, maybe this has to be cut out? I mean, there were people uh, that did the TV taping that I was kind of like, you know, I didn't book everybody. Okay. I'm not saying some did, some did better than others. Of course they did. But uh, I think it's... We had a couple that had to redo it because they missed a section or they missed this. But for the most part, I mean, everybody just got one take and that was it. But no, nothing like nothing like you know horrible, horrible. But there was some there was some there's some squiggly digglies if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the like? Because once because every comic dreams of being a rock star, and you actually get to perform with a band live after you just did what you do right as a comic sure. you, you do it what makes you you did a victory lap and then you get to go to this unknown entity and when i did it i was so fucking nervous and i did it at jfl i did wonderwall with you guys and i was so nervous because i never sang before in my life and once you do it and once you like you said give into it it's the funnest thing and you're like i can't wait to do that again what is the return ratio of comics that do it and immediately or within a week time say, please have me back. It's got to be pretty had, high, I would guess, right? Dude, I've had I, I've had comics come off stage, uh, walk right up to me and say, I chose the wrong song. I now know how to do this show. Right. Like, please book me immediately again. Like, I mean, Rory Scovel said that to me when he did it. Uh, John Doerr. I mean, it's just, it's just, every, everybody wants to do it again. I think it's just, we create such a fun environment. Like you said, it's, it's just a party, you know? And yeah. I think that's the key to it. It's like, dude, think about it, man. Like, Steve, you, you've got, you've been doing stand up for years. You're, you're on the road. You're doing sets to work on the hour and, and along with all these other great comics that are out there performing. Thanks. I mean, including Bill Burr. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like, but you're out there, you're hustling, you're doing, you're doing stand up every night. So why wouldn't you want to put yourself in a situation that, that is going to one, uh, be fun more than anything and two challenge you. It really is. It's challenging. Like you said, you were nervous. You weren't, this is not something you're used to. So while you're on stage doing your stand up, there's that clock in your head. That's just counting down that you know that when you finish your set, you got to jump right into the song. And then once you get it over with, it's almost like skydiving. It's like you're so nervous until you make the leap. And then once you do, you feel like the rush was so incredible. You either want to do it again or you're like, holy shit, I'm glad I did it, but I'm never doing it again. And that's just kind of the way it is. I think it's um, – Burr said this to me, and this and this is something that, that I kind of tell other comics that are on the fence about it. He goes, I've never been more nervous doing it, but I have to do it because I know someplace in my career – Something that I'm going to do, this is going to help me. I don't know what it is, but the fear that I have right now for this is going to be reduced in the future for something else. Now, Make sense? But yeah. I, I think the only reason Byrne was nervous, and he's told me this off air, was because he saw people in the audience. He okay. was not he's used true. to that. Gary, he saw that... more than 30 people. He's like, holy shit. Yeah. People... So this is what it's like to perform. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got to ask you. Um, 
how how soon from the beginning of the show when you're doing because you used to do it at the mint right no we started it at a little theater called the unknown theater uh okay. that's now shut down that sarah tiana and laurel valdivia started the show and it kind of started after after hours at that comedy show we did we did a one-off at the mint it didn't really work out too mm-hmm. well the place is too small it's not a real rock vibe it's more of like a bluesier type place and then we yeah. moved it to like two other locations and then i sat on it for four years and then i started it up at the lyric theater on la brea oh wow so then you brought it back how like when did it click when did things really start clicking in terms of the format and the show and you're thinking i i think we could sell this oh well first of all all right here's the deal like uh, when i when I came up, when I brought, somebody asked me if I wanted to do a stand-up show. I was like, dude, I got this idea that I've been working on for years. And he goes, oh, my God, I love it. And then I was like, ah, I don't want to do a stand-up show in L.A. It's so hard. And then a week later, I ran into Burr. And then once I had Burr, I was like, now I've got a show. I know I'll sell it out. I know it'll be fun. I know people are going to want to, you know, want to come to it. So there you go. So we did that first show at the Lyric Theater. And what's his name? Uh, Matt Bronger opens it kills it right does a mm-hmm. great job but i was so nervous because the audience was still sitting at that point there was no real standing it was just they do the stand up tell the story do the song but the next comic was jay larson right yeah jay's one of my best friends i love this guy to death jay didn't prepare he didn't he didn't do anything that he was supposed to do nor did he listen to the song probably <laughs> <laughs> seriously i'm a Dude, comic he, i'll get it yeah exactly he he Fucked it up so <laughs> bad, dude. I'm talking was singing the chorus during the verse. Oh. Like he was all over the place. What song all did he have? Oh, he did. Happy uh, birthday. Met, he did. He did. He did. He did. Old Eye. No, he did. Uh, <laughs> what, did what did he do? He did uh, "Message in a Bottle" by the Police. Okay. But dude, but dude, he was so bad, and the audience <laughs> was having so much fun. The audience was like was just in tears laughing, singing to help him get back on pace. Wow. Oh, that's great. And that was the moment. That was it. First show, second comic, where I was like, dude, this is something. This is going to be big. And then Sickler went up, killed it, and then Burr went up, killed it. And then me, Burr, the show ends with the big sing-along. Me, Burr, Jay Larson, Matt Bronger, and the band and everybody are just, like, hugging backstage. Like, we were, like, looking at each other, like, wow, we really just did something special. And then next thing you know, in the green room, all the audience just starts coming into the green room to congratulate us. And I mean, comics that I look up to that were just in the audience to see the show came up to me and were like, dude, that was the best show I'd ever seen. Oh, that's awesome. And that was it. And that was the moment I was like, I really have something. And then, of course, there's the nerves for the second one. Uh, But the second one was just as good, if not better. And it's just it's just grown from that. Now, as far as the TV show, I never wanted to turn this into a TV show. I just started getting approached by so many different production companies and, and, and networks right off the jump that started showing up that I knew that was at least where it could lead to. Um, you know, it's, it was that like, even when people were like, Oh, this could be a TV show. And then you're going in for meetings and you're selling it and then you'll have a network buy it, hold it ransom for six months and then drop it. Um, Cause that's what happened really early on. Every other, when we met with Comedy Central and they had bought the the show, I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. So I kind of, it wasn't like the whole idea of the TV show. I didn't even realize how close we were to the TV show until we were actually shooting the TV show. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 
It's so, just that. That's good. When you're doing the TV show, though, I love how over the course of this show, we've we've known that you've been in a wind tunnel. You walked to a construction site, taking a bath, now. and now you're doing your dishes. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'm, 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 He's preparing for oh surgery. He's washing his hands very diligently. He's yelling at people behind him on the roller coaster. I'm doing a fucking podcast. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this is the gentleman's park, dojo, you soccer. fucks. <laughs> I'm, at a, I'm at a water park. Uh, I'm, it on. Now, I, I'm with my dog right now i uh you, you know you talk about what people want out of life and all i've ever wanted was a really nice place to live and a dog and that's what this show has given me and so i like my whole you talking about like a dojo where you train or you do this like my my dojo is is the time i spend training this doberman pincher that's and i'm awesome. like i've i've trained the shit out of this dog so it's like you know, with the opportunity, like I don't only have a few hours a day to take her out. She's getting big, dude. So like, you know, I figured I could, I could radio show, <laughs> wash the dog, <laughs> and take do a wind bath, <laughs> and do wind sprints with the fucking parachute on behind me but, to get my forty time up. So, but Josh, you said hysterical. you said as a result of the show, you're getting to do you know so many cool things. Did did the show just really? immediately change your life did it like we asked certain people who've done america's got talent last comic standing certain things and you know some of them yes some of them no but but how has it changed your life in the positive way well i think besides and, and this is excluding money but the one thing that i never had my whole life was just the sense of security do you know what i mean yeah. and 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 to do i had security through other jobs where I didn't create it, where I was just working. I worked, you know, I worked in television a long time ago. And, you know, when I worked out, when I lived out here, when I was getting comedy ready, I had a job that, you know, would pay my bills and I never really had to worry about money. But, but just now it's just like, I look at my calendar and I'm like, Oh, I'm, you know, this month, this month, you know, the whole year is almost booked up. Right. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And it's not just through the security that I'm getting, you know, from, like I said, the other jobs is just, it's always what I said, which is that one day I will not have a boss. I'll be able to do this all on my own. You know, nothing has really changed inside of me, except I'm, you know, I'm still neurotic. I, I still overthink things. Uh, you know, I still beat myself up about certain things like most people do in this business, but I'm, I'm just very content. And I think my perspective on the industry and on myself have, have changed where it's like, you know, it's, it's really weird. Like, to give you an idea, like, and I know you, you know this, Steve Gary. You wouldn't know this because you hardly go out on the road. <laughs> but, but, but when you're out on the road, you know, Steve, and, and you you walk into the room and you you know you do a show and then you do another show, and you do another show, and you get to that like third or fourth show of the weekend, you know, you're tired and you're like, ah, I just want to get home. And you know, we were doing a festival out in Austin. It was it was right after we did Nashville together. Yeah. Uh, and we were in Austin, and to this point, I'd done five shows in a row, and I was on the last show of the run that night, and I'm sitting there, and I'm so tired, and I'm kind of like in a bad mood, and my buddy, Johnny Scordis, who, who plays one of the roadies on the show, is just smiling, with the biggest smile. I'm like, what are you so happy about? And he's like, dude, this is so great. He's like, this is the coolest thing ever, man. Look what we're doing. Look where we started. You know, look where we're at. We're sitting next to Morgan Murphy talking about boxing right before we're about to go hang out at this bar and do a podcast before this show that we're about to, that's already sold out. 
it's like, isn't this incredible? And I needed to hear that, Yeah. you know, because once you get into the, you get into the rat race of, of what you're doing and, and, you know, you forget how special it is of the, of being able to, to, to play these venues. It's like, all I ever wanted to do was be a part of the, the comedy world. And I was as a comic, but it's like, it still didn't break me into that, 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 that level that I wanted to be at all the festivals and at the parties and this, and listen, I don't party. And sometimes I go to festivals and I hate them, but it's like, I, I, for the, for the most part, just, you just, I just like to take a step back and just look at it and just be, be proud of yourself and be like, look what happened. Look what I created. This is so incredible. Yeah. So I think I, that's mostly it. Yeah. I mean, you really should be proud though, because so for so many years, you know, there's the typical host, three stand up comics. They come out, they do five, seven minutes each, and then you're done. And we've seen that so many times. So it was nice, I think, to see a new way to kind of infuse stand up, but do the showcase in a really cool, exciting venue. And you found that way to do it. Um, like you guys and then Roast Battle were two kind of very different platforms that kind of breathed new life back into stand up. And it let comics show a very different side of them i mean roast battle is obviously a very acquired talent this was another fun way of showing stand-up but also letting a comic become a performer and i think that's why all the all the um festivals jumped on it i think that's definitely why a lot of the comics jumped on it too because it was just such a fun thing to do so you should be very proud of yourself and congratulations to you on behalf of gary and i it's really a fucking awesome show and every comic that i've ever talked to that has done has been like it's the fucking funnest thing you'll ever get to do. It was so fun. And I, after you, I did brother. it, I, I agreed. It was such a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. And I, it's, I'm super grateful for, for everything and, and, you know, just the fact that if I do get to do this into my 40s and, and 50s, well, there's no way I'm doing this into my 50s, dude. My body's already falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, it's bad, dude. Like, thank God there's, like, loud music playing because me jumping around, all you'd hear is, like, my knees cracking the whole time. <laughs> well, I, I got to uh, ask, have you heard anything from Comedy Central in terms of uh, another round? We're... I, I always like to look at it like every day we don't know is a, is a day we're still on the air. Right. Um, I've kind of, I, I think I've kind of handled this approach, which is, uh, it's like somebody's in the hospital right now. Like I'm hoping for the best, but I'm prepared for the worst. If yeah. Comedy Central loves the show, the ratings were okay. You know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't like, you know, in the millions or, or mm-hmm. whatever. But I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that if they do love the show and I think they're trying to figure out a way to make it work, they don't want to cancel it. Trust me. I mean, I think we might get one more, but I have no idea. But uh, like either way, it's like the the show will keep touring, and and there's some other stuff that that we kind of have going on, and I have going on that that'll be fine. But you know, we'll yeah, see. the fact fingers that you, crossed, dude. Yeah, absolutely, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. The fact that you took something like you did from a basement show after Sarah Tiana to being on Comedy Central. It's a huge accomplishment. Uh, I know you somewhat kind of answered this, but this is my last question for me. When was the last time you thought to yourself, without somebody sparking it, where you thought, Jesus Christ, I took this idea and it's come to this, whether it be at a taping or a killer song or whatever. When's the last time you had that moment where you're like, holy fuck, I'm enjoying this. I got to soak this up. Oh, man. Um, I, I got to say it was probably Skankfest. It was it's, oh, yeah. it's every, every show is just so great. Every show is just I always say, it, man, it's every show is like the best night I've ever had. It's just so fun. 
I mean, some shows are better than others. And, but even like if we're playing a smaller one, man, I've been able to, you know, where the crowd, we might have to fight to get them. It's when we fight and we finally do get them. It's, it's that moment where it was like, yeah, dude, this, this thing is, is just so much fun. Um, but we were, we were doing skank fest and, and, uh, Joe DeRosa, you know, is I'll tell you the moment <laughs> Joe DeRosa is singing uh, time of my life to close it out in front of a bunch of like, there's like 600 tattooed and pierced, like literally <laughs> like the most ugly fans you have ever seen in your life yeah. are the Legion of Skank fans. And I said it on stage to them. So if they, they listen it. to this, they can, they can eat me. Um, but, but literally Joe DeRosa seeing how excited he is and how happy he was. And then to watch him, he has never crowd surfed before. He wanted to crowd surf. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and to see the most neurotic, like, I know he's not Jewish, but, I mean, the, the most Jewish attempt at trying to crowd surf and stage dive. Like, the saddest, <laughs> the saddest jump I had ever seen in my life. Literally, like, like, somebody had shot him as he was running and he just <laughs> fell onto the crowd. But that was a moment that I was just like, I, that's, that's the shit, man. That's, yeah. that, that's why I do the show. It's listen, I, I used to only be big moments in the show and now just every little cool thing is just something that really makes me just, just realize is how special, you know, what we do is. And it's like, and I appreciate all of it now. And you know, what's, you, and know? you know, what's great about it too, Josh, is that so many comics, I'm sure you see this, they come out to LA they, they want to get in at the improv. They want to get in at the comedy store. They want to go and try to do the James Corden show, Conan, whatever it is. Like, But there's so many other ways to get to that finish line without dealing with, you know, for everybody who's like, I can't get work at the comedy store. It's like, who gives a shit? There's so many other outlets oh. of how you can create your own destiny. And, I mean, you're proof positive of that. Yeah. Well, for, dude, but here's the deal, man, is that, is that we all want money and fame. And if that's what you're focused on, because that's what you're focused on early – you know, not early, but the beginning, it's the love of it. And then you start getting a little taste. And that's all you think about is that I want to get paid. I want to be this. I want to be that. And you forget that you love performing. That's the key, man. We do this because we love it. I loved it when I was playing shitty open mics, you know, just getting started. That's the best time of my life because I had nothing. All I had was comedy and like the $5 a day I could afford to, to spend on food. And, <laughs> and But that's that's what if you lose track of the love the love of being able to entertain people then you're never going to make it you know and i think that was the big the big switch in my head is that after i did jfl that's all i wanted was i was like when am i going to be able to get this when am i going to be able to do this and then once i realized that wasn't what was important you know and like i said the comedy store wasn't giving it to me the improv wasn't giving it to me even though i'm getting spots at all those places it wasn't like making me happy you know, and and I mean, it's I'm telling you, man, it, it's it's one of those things when when they talk about kismet, it's just everything about this show was just was just was like it was like it came together so perfectly that I that I like people say to me, it's like, dude, you worked so hard on this. I was like, I didn't work hard on this. I well, worked hard on it the six years prior to it. If it's any consolation, love. Steve works at the improv and the comedy store, and you see how that career has fallen. So okay, it's, it's hard. It dude, it's yeah. horrible, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who cares? And Jeez, by the way, okay. Showtime for crazy. Hey, well, Showtime. Basic Jeez, cable. Uh, by the way, just so you know, uh, I didn't. I I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, and Steve said no. Wait till he gets a TV credit and has done skank. <laughs> Shut fest. the fuck up. Oh that's, my god. That's his criteria for guests, and so yeah. Gary, can I can I tell you this? And I'll say this to your listeners: like I like. 
Steve is the worst kind of sports fan to talk shit to. And I've, I say this to you all the time, Steve, and I say this to you in person. But, dude, like, I'm a Capitals fan. He's a Penguins fan. When we get ready to play, I literally text him. This is what I text him. I text him, fuck you, I hate you. That's uh-huh. it. And and he responds with, yeah, it's going to be a good series, man. The Caps are good this year. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You're like, no, you're supposed to say that back to me. And then, oh, it's just. Well, he has, to, to he has to double check because that's the same text his wife sends him. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Josh, we Hello. love you. Where can people where can too. people keep up with you, buddy? Uh, my website's uh, it's all on all social media. It's Josh Adam Myers, uh, M-E-Y-E-R-S, I spell my last name. If you want to look up the goddamn comedy jam, all social media, it's the G D comedy jam. Uh, we're at Outside Lands this year with Metallica. We're wow. at yeah, dude, I'm so excited about that. The Who Metallica. Queens of the Stone Age is going to be sick. We're doing JFL for a full week. Uh, we're doing where else? Uh, dude, I'll see oh, you at JFL. The, oh, well, you're doing the show then, multiple nights. Oh, dude, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm I'm there the whole run for two and a half weeks with uh, doing the ethnic show. So I'll be. We'll definitely have to uh, get some hockey in too, because because they have a hockey like a comedians versus the industry game. I am not good at all at hockey, but I can <laughs> I can I can scream at you. You're playing. You'll have a blast. Oh, it's so dude, fun. I'm, I'm, I mean, I will play, but I, I, I skated in God knows how long. So, but dude, I'm in. Not awesome. to, over, so not like, to overshadow, <laughs> but I'm going to like... be at Flappers Yuhu Room uh, on a Thursday. Great. So I, you know, you can have the just for last, but I'll be at Flappers uh, Yuhu Room seven thirty. Nothing. <laughs> Josh, we love you. We're we're knocking on so wood, and we hope you. we so really hope you. you get a season two out of it, and not Thank just you. a season two, but season three, four, five, continue down the line because it is such a fucking kick-ass show. Thank Nobody you, deserves it better than you, man, because you're one of those guys that the minute you got that show, every comic, I've never seen this unanimous, but every comic's like, that dude deserves it, and he's a great guy. You're one of the nice oh, guys in comedy, man. I found a couple man. comics that said differently. Thank you, Gary, brother. Gary, fuck off. A couple comics. Burke Kreischer. I love you guys. Love, love you, Josh. Guys. Gotta, Take care, bud. I got to get back to my wind. <laughs> <laughs> love you, buddy. All, All right, right, bud. Take I'll care. <laughs> Josh Ademeyer. Yeah, one of the good dudes. One of the good Absolutely dudes. Absolutely one of the great guys yes. in comedy. And what a great, you know, what a great story, too, to, sure. like, you know, to to finally get to JFL, you think things are going to change, and a lot of times it doesn't. And you got to well, Jeff told us that too. That new vehicle that's right for yourself. Adam Devine so, is a great example of that too. Who did you know? He worked at the Improv and then developed Workaholics, and yeah, you know, now doing so many great things. You're not is, a good example of that. Exactly, you're still in the same place. Hosting this show with you, Ugh. it's been a good time. Thank you, Stephen, for the opportunity. You are welcome. <laughs> uh, at Canon Comedy. That's what you're going to ask me. <laughs> well, you can uh, keep up with at Citizen Keen. Yes. Our co-host is locked out of yeah. his girlfriend's house in Texas yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, so he couldn't call in. But uh, Patrick Keen, we will be this weekend at the Hollywood Improv. Oh, yeah. Friday night. We'll be doing a show together. Um, with our good buddy Ahmed Ahmed from with Sullivan. With Ahmed Ahmed. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Dalton, Mike O'Connell. Mike O'Connell will be, a lot be there. Yep. And then next weekend... Arlington Washington, D.C. That'll be a blast. At the at the D.C. Draft House. Oh, okay. D.C. Draft House. That's right. Right there the in other the city. One. Yeah. Um, so keep up with us. I, I got to ask because we've been on now for 90-some episodes. Yes. We're nearing 100. Yes. <laughs> if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> write a review. Oh, If yes. you're listening, uh, rate us on iTunes. Please. Yeah. We'd love to know. 
that people are listening. Yes. We'd love to know what you think of the show. We would love We'd it. love to know uh, what you like, what you dislike. After 100 episodes, you think we know by now ourselves. We're getting close to 100. But That's we're crazy. still figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. But we love the show. To the folks that have been listening, thank you for listening. Keep keep listening. Tell your friends about us. Come see us out on the road and let us know what you think of the podcast. Go to iTunes, rate us, re- review us, leave a comment. We'd love to know what you guys think. And if you don't like the show, uh, this podcast is called Your Mom's House. <laughs> <laughs>